how do we make something ordinary a bit more extraordinary? So you can you can have two people eating the same thing. Let's say I don't know an apple. I I never just get an apple and eat it. I will slice it up. I will fan it out on a vintage 1950s tea plate. I will put a sprinkle of desiccated coconut. I will drizzle on some some organic smooth almond butter. I'll have a cup of coffee, organic coffee in a my grandmother's 1930s teacup. I'm like we're both eating an apple, but I'm having an experience and you're eating an apple. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey, hey, welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Kim Peek. I'm the author of Holistic Endurance Training, and I help people live empowered and fulfilled lives through movement, mindset, and journaling strategies. I spent the last few days at a virtual fitness convention, which I will tell you all about in an upcoming episode, But the Idea World Fitness Convention typically takes place each summer in California, and I have gone the last several years. I love going because it's so much fun to be inspired all over again, listening to the latest in health and nutrition research. Plus, I get to catch up with all of my fitness friends. This year, because of COVID, we were unable to attend in person. So they took the whole thing online, and it was so impressive the way they still gave it that in-person conference feel, even though we were sitting at our desks glued to our chairs for two full days. We even got to have a little Zoom call Friday night so we could network, and it was so much fun to see all my friends' faces. I'm so sad we didn't get to see each other in person this year, but I will... Really look forward to getting to do that next year and connect with everybody. But it was great, great fun just to see everybody again and kind of find out what everybody's been up to, even though we were sitting in front of computers doing our virtual learning. One of the things that came up over and over again, though, at this conference is that food is powerful medicine, but our brains are wired to prefer foods that are high in sugar, salt, and fat. And food manufacturers know this and design their foods to hit that sweet spot that will make us want to eat more without feeling satisfied. So it makes it harder for us to choose the more nutritious foods at the end of an exhausting day where I know you've had this feeling where your hand is in that bag of Doritos and you cannot keep shoveling it even into your face, even though you know that it doesn't even tasting that good and you don't really love it, but you just keep on eating and eating it. And it's because food manufacturers create foods with our weaknesses in mind. So there are lots of reasons right now that you might be feeling less energetic and finding yourself eating all the processed foods right now. The uncertainty due to COVID, all the stress in our lives, lack of sleep, all of these things mess with our biology. So it's not your fault if you're not living your most healthy lifestyle right now. You have a lot working against you. But one thing we do know is that wellness is a mental state. And the way you think about exercise and the foods you eat makes a difference in whether you achieve your health and nutrition goals. And we're going to talk about that in an upcoming episode but it ties in so well with today's guest and the types of topics we discussed. So today I want to introduce you to Tristan Lee, a man who knows all about investing in 
our own personal wellness. Tristan is known as the Gorgeousness Coach, a health and wellness expert who helps people look and feel gorgeous inside and out. He is known for empowering and motivating people to age gorgeously, and he's committed to inspiring us all to live the lives that we truly deserve. He offers advice on nutrition, fitness, self-esteem, and personal care by offering simple and inexpensive solutions, and I do believe we covered quite a few of those. With a strong focus on self-value and self-belief, we also touched on this, Tristan's natural sense of fun and lust for life is infectious. An expert in his field, Tristan practices what he preaches and is living proof that aging doesn't have to be something we dread. At 49, Tristan is regularly mistaken for someone in his 20s due to his lifestyle choices, and it's his passion to share the secrets with others. He hosts workshops, is regularly featured in magazines and newspapers, appears on radio, and is a keynote speaker at national and international events. I hope you enjoy this interview with Tristan Lee. Welcome to the show, Tristan. I'm so excited to talk to you today. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So you are known as the gorgeousness coach. I can't even get that word out of my mouth. No, gorgeousness <laughs> coach. Yeah. How did I that am. come about? It's a really interesting story and it involves actually some free champagne. So, yeah. So I was at a very swanky fashion show at the London Palladium about four years ago when I was just kind of putting my business together and just want to work out what am I going to call myself, you know, as a health and wellness coach, I kind of thought, well, it doesn't sound very exciting. So I was at the free bar because it was a really high end fashion show and I knew the person that organized it. And I was at the bar having a couple of glasses of champagne and someone said, what do you do? And I don't know where it came from. I was like, I'm a gorgeousness coach. I don't know. I just, <laughs> it's a fun word. I think it puts, it puts a smile on people's faces, hopefully, where people are like, well, what's a gorgeousness coach? Because it sounds for me anyway, there's nothing wrong with the word health coach, wellness coach. Because that's what I am. But I kind of, because what I do is quite unique, I kind of felt it needed a unique name. So I kind of, it came out of nowhere. I, I love the word gorgeous. And I thought just for fun, add a nuss on the end. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So for the people who cannot see you, you are 49. Is that right? Yeah, I am. Yeah. And you look like you were in your teens. Like every time I look at your pictures, I expect yeah. you to have a big mouthful of braces. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah. So well, you I've obviously know something about aging in reverse or at least maintaining youthfulness. Well, yeah. Well, I'm really, that's what it is for me because, you know, a lot of people have said to me, oh, because I look young, are you anti-aging? And I'm like, I'm not anti-anything. Like aging is like saying you're anti-gravity. It's, it's, you can't stop it. Maybe some of aging is gravity, but anyway, you can't, you can't be anti something that happens, but I am pro youthfulness. I'm pro vitality. I'm pro health and wellness. And I really do think my youthfulness starts on the inside. You know, my, I am playful. I am mischievous. I am curious. I work at that because <laughs> as we get older, 
you know, things happen and you can, it can really dampen your joy. You stop taking as many risks. You, you know, life can be really difficult, especially at the moment. I work at that. So for me, the, the way I look is a big reflection on what's going on inside. I do take care of the outside though. I love, I love skincare. I love fashion, but it starts from the inside out for me anyway. And I recommend that when I work with people, it's about an energy as opposed to how you look. I think that is a really, really important distinction too. Last summer, I did a whole series of podcasts when I was fascinated by something we have in the U.S. here called the Senior Games. And it's like an Olympics for people 50 and older. And we saw all of these people doing amazing athletic things that, you know, I know a lot of 30 and 40-year-olds who won't even try these things. And, you know, they're doing these amazing athletic things. But I think that that was one of the times where I was really focusing on what does it mean to age and what does it mean to age well? And it's not necessarily what you look look like. It's a mindset. Well, for me personally, it's you can look really young. We all know younger people who have a very old energy. Now, when I say old energy, there's nothing wrong with the word old. We're all getting older. But again, if we're going to just maybe just go down the rope, the the route that, or should I say, route for the, your your viewers <laughs> <laughs> of what I think um, a youthful energy is, as I said before, is is well, it's not always how you look, is it? It's, I think it can affect how you look because we know you can have a very young face, but if you're scowling, right. it can make you look older. And again, something wrong with looking older. I'm about, you know, looking vibrant, looking healthy. And if that happens to be that I look young for my age, I'm really okay with that. <laughs> it's a real, it's hard work, but it's worth it. Yeah. So we live in this society where everybody expects immediate gratification. Nobody wants to, well, not nobody, but you know, in general, we expect things, results to come quick. What are some quick wins that people could have if they wanted to start embracing your philosophy? Where are some areas you would recommend people start working? Well, you know, for me, I think we just really have to stand, understand that in nature, I'm all about, well, look what nature's doing. Let's learn from nature. And in nature, we sow the seed. We don't go from sowing seeds to harvest. In nature, nothing just goes, unfortunately, it doesn't just grow. In nature, you, you have to sow the seed. That's the easy bit. But you have to cultivate the seed. And the result, that's, that's a moment. But the bit in between is the important bit. How do we cultivate? How do we nurture? How do we grow health? How do we grow self-belief? How do we grow wellness? We have to invest in it. And we do live in a culture, especially you know, with the Instagram age and the social media age we live in, where it's have an idea of what you want. Um, where's my result? We've forgotten that actually the process, the journey is the destination. It's what we learn, how we evolve. Now, when you're younger, it's the last thing you want. You know, if you're, I work with clients, they want to lose some weight. And I say, listen, this isn't going to happen in two months because I'm not here to help you lose weight. I'm here to help you gain an understanding of your own worth. And as a result, you make better choices. So I think it's about setting an expectation that last, lasting change takes time and it's meant to. There's nothing wrong with taking time. Because that's how I would say you get the results that, that stay. 
What kind of tips would you have for aging gorgeously on the inside? How do you get people to start doing that? Yeah. Well, as I said before, I think the most important thing you can do is understand your, your innate value. Because it's very difficult. If you don't think you're worth much, your choices are going to reflect that. So for me, the number one thing we can do is know that we're already good enough. That's it. Know that you're valuable. So I, when I work with clients, I kind of say, you know, if, you were, if, you had, if money was no object, um, what car would you choose? It, you know, it could be a $200,000 car or a half a million dollar car, anything. You know, so when they give me whatever the answer is, I always go for sort of a vintage kind of car because that's the kind of guy I am. So I'd go for like a 1923 Silver Ghost Rolls Royce. Very, very fuel inefficient, but hey-ho. If you start with that in mind that you are that car, you know you're valuable. You take care of what the fuel you put in your engine. You take care of the interior. Make sure it's clean. You are proud of that car. And you take care of the exterior. But the interior is the important bit. Because it's not, it doesn't matter how glossy that car is, how shiny and waxed that car is. If you've got no fuel in your engine, then you're not going to get very far. Don't care how pretty you are. So for me, it's really it starts with that philosophy. And then because of that, things progress towards okay well if i need to look at fuel then what fuel am i putting in my body so for me i mean i'm i'm vegan i'm not saying people need to be vegan but i have a a high a high plant-based diet so i want people to eat real food eat real food um mostly plants that is rich um in color variety of color flavor and texture and treat your body as you would a half million dollar car. So you just don't leave it to chance. You need to put the right fuel in the right car. So for me, that's my number one starting point is, you know, look at, the, look at yourself as valuable. And then, you know, don't rely on motivation. Don't rely on willpower. Just fill your fridge and your, you know, your cupboards with, with the right kind of foods that, your body deserves. I love that car analogy. That is so yeah. Great. I'm really I'm really working that car analogy. <laughs> no, but it really works. It does. Yeah, so I like this thought too about don't rely on willpower or motivation. One of the guests I had on my show early on, like probably guest number two, her name is Lynn Lindbergh, and she has a podcast and a program called Couch to Active. And that is one of her things is that she says, willpower is bogus because you can't rely on willpower. Willpower is limited. Do you have any thoughts about if we can't rely on willpower and motivation? You're talking about valuing yourself, but what else can people do to? Yeah. So for me, you know, willpower and motivation, you know, I often talk about this with my clients. It's great if they come along for the ride, but they don't stay. So we really can't rely on them. It's like an unreliable friend. It's great when they're there. You really appreciate them, but they don't stick around. Yeah. So for me, what we need to focus in on, and I, when I work with people, this is what I recommend, is a bit of planning and a bit of organization. Nice. You know, so people go, oh, I just, you know, I, I, I'm just not motivated to eat well. Well, let's look what's in your fridge. You know, just make it easy for yourself. Don't rely on feeling like doing it. And that's why going back to, if you know you're valuable, you accept your own value and then you choose to surround yourself with value because that's who you are. So I think, 
I just don't rely on motivation because I often don't feel like doing things. And then we go, well, if I don't feel like doing things, maybe I shouldn't do it. No, because motivation is something that comes along occasionally and enjoy it while it's here. It just doesn't last. So for me, it's just a little bit of planning. So when I work with people about food, I'm like, just think about what you're going to eat. Some people plan their meals a week in advance. I don't. I just think about maybe even a couple of meals in advance. Just make sure you've got enough food in the house, Mm -hmm. food that's going to support what you really want to do, support your engine. And when it comes to physical activity, don't give the brain anything too vague to go on as opposed to, well, I'll just think about maybe possibly, maybe possibly doing some exercise this week. It won't happen. (laughs) It just won't happen. What you need, what we need to do is go, okay, realistically with the week I have, can I fit in three times 30 minutes? If so, when and what? And ideally share that with someone. So I recommend people, when people, my clients who want to get fitter, I go, I'm not a personal trainer, but I say, here's the things I recommend you could do. Tell me when and how and what you're going to do. And then we'll check in with each other because most people have no support. So keep it simple for yourself, but don't give the brain anything too vague to go with because it will go, it just won't happen. And then people feel bad and then it's a spiral of gloom and we don't deserve that. Yeah. Great points. Now, what about outward appearance? Let's say somebody's in their 40s or 50s anymore, and they want to work on their outward gorgeousness. What are your skincare tips, or where do you start? Oh, my God. Where do you start? Someone says... There's a, there's like a, I saw this uh, like a gif or a meme or something going, I'm still not really sure if I know what the difference is. <laughs> but anyway, there was some gif saying, tell me about your skincare. And then it was one person talking to another, and the other, one, one, other person turned, turned into a skeleton. Because if I start talking about skincare, I could talk for nine months without pausing because I'm obsessed with it. Not just because of how it makes me look, because of how it makes me feel. I find it very soothing. I find it very nurturing. For me, you can keep it nice and simple. For me, again, going back to that philosophy, it's not, shouldn't be a chore. Oh, well, I don't like myself, but I suppose I should make an effort with my appearance. I'm saying you're fabulous just as you are. So celebrate your fabulousness. There's another ness on there for you. <laughs> by enjoying who you are. It doesn't make you a better person if you're pretty or you've done your hair. It just is a a wonderful way to express your innate gorgeousness. So for me, yes, skin can look after your skin. Now it's bewildering, you know, different skin types, different products. We want to just cleanse and moisturize our skin. So I'm really into it. I have a combination of very inexpensive products. I try and buy natural products, cream cleansers. I've got some toners. I've got some under eye cream. You know, start for me, you can have a $600 bottle of moisturizer, but if you don't use it, it's not going to work. Now, nothing beats a good, healthy lifestyle. I don't care how much money you spend on skincare. If you're eating, you know, really poor quality food, you're smoking and you're drinking, you're not, uh, you've got a stressful lifestyle, you're not sleeping enough, your skin is going to show, it's a canvas for what's going on inside. So you don't have to spend a lot of money, you know, look for, for brands that are more natural, you can get them for under $10. But start with cleansing your skin morning and evening, depending on your skin type. So if you are, have a drier skin type, go for more of a cream-based cleanser, if you have more of a, or I have oily skin, so I tend to go for a more foaming facial wash, deeper cleanser. But whatever you do, be consistent with it. So don't have an elaborate routine if you can't maintain it. So I'm obsessed with my skincare routine. It's my favorite time of the day. I put some Donna Summer on. I light some candles. I am having a good time. 
So for me, it's a, it's a ritual. It's a ritual. So for you, is it kind of a, a time where you're relaxing or like a meditative type thing almost? It's, or? it's just, it's a combination of both, you know. For me, I realized years ago, skin care is self-care. Mm-hmm. And that can be two minutes. Mine's about 20 minutes. So I, it's, I get ready for bed earlier than most people do because I, I, you know, I have various things I do. I also recently invested in a kind of, um, it was only like $60 or $70, but it was like a, a steaming machine. So it's like a machine with a, like a little nozzle. You, there's a water here, in one area, there's a nozzle here and you steam your face, it opens up your pores. I do that every night for five minutes. I stretch before I go to bed. Now, I'm not expecting, expecting most people to suddenly jump into doing that if they're literally doing nothing. But for me, it's about do it before you're tired and see it. For me, it's a great way to prepare for bed. You know, turn technology off, put some relaxing music on. Again, if people are busy, I know they may not have time to do this. I do, I do appreciate that I, because I, you know, I don't have children. Um, I don't have some of the responsibility, so I can take a bit more time. But whether that's 10 minutes or half an hour, having a little bit of time to almost kind of wash the day away, um, for me, is a really great way of showing yourself some self-care and also preparing your brain and your body for sleep. And I think that is the perfect segue to another thing that we know can help you look and feel your best, which is sleep. Yes. Because if you're not getting enough sleep, you're going to be grumpy. Your body doesn't recover. All the things. So true. It's so true. And, you know, there's this kind of belief, isn't there? And I think it's changing that, you know, for some reason, sleep is somehow somehow self-indulgent. And I hear this a lot in kind of business circles that I'm in. I hear it a lot in this country and America, you know, like, Oh my God, you need eight hours sleep. You're a loser. You should be, you know, you're like five hours sleep. You know, if you want to be a success, you know, sleep is for for losers. And I'm like, shut up, shut up with all that talk. (laughs) I get really cross. Sleep isn't a luxury. It's not self-indulgent to get six to eight hours, six to eight, 68 would be nice. Six to eight hours sleep. It's a necessity for your brain to recharge, for your body to regenerate. It's incredibly important for our mental health. And more and more research suggests that it's one of the contributing factors to potential risk of dementia. So we need sleep. We need to prioritize sleep. We need to find ways of getting better quality sleep. So for me, my skincare routine, my self-care routine is meditation. It's giving my body time to go from an awake and alert state into a rested state and most people give themselves no time to do that and wonder why they don't sleep it's not it needs to be a priority and we need to it's almost counterproductive we need to work at sleep we need to invest in sleep and i'm really really into it i love it (laughs) no i just think that's a one that people don't like because like you said there is some sort of a weird cultural thing that says that if you are not one of those people that only needs four hours of sleep, there's something wrong with you where you're not motivated. And it's so annoying. I'm like, really? And I just, I used to look at that and go, well, God, people get, well, no, you get up, at, you know, winners get up at four o'clock in the morning and then they're doing a weights workout. Then they're juicing and then they're doing some more weights and then they're writing, you know, their affirmations out all by five thirty in the morning. I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not a robot. Um, I don't think it's good for us, for those that people that want to do it. Brilliant. It's again, you know, when it comes to productivity, it's not how many hours you put in, it's what you put in the hours. So 
be more efficient with your time, but don't rob the sleep you have because I know people have responsibilities. You've got kids and broken sleep. You know, I understand that completely, but find a way of prioritizing it. It's not self-indulgent to want to get a good night's sleep, but you know, we need to create an environment, whether that's a emotional environment or a, a bedroom environment that is conducive to sleep. And most people's bedroom environment isn't conducive to sleep. Yeah. One of the things that I talk a lot about with my run coaching clients is that if there are not enough hours in the day because you're staying up too late or you're getting up too early because that's the only way you can get everything done so you can get your workout in, then you need to look at the environment and say, Mm -hmm. you know, like people with kids, well, let's look at my family. Can I have the kids help pack the lunches? Can we divide up the chores? You know, what is it that's taking up my time? Let's get some other people involved in this so that I'm getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of, I mean, again, I understand. I, I work with a lot of clients who are mums who have, who have got kids and they're always trying to pack more in their day. I'm, and I'm recommending people, you know, maybe just work a bit more efficiently. Mm-hmm. As you say, you know, don't, don't feel you have to do more. Maybe just do better, do different, be more efficient. Uh, as easier said than done. But I, for me, it's, it's about how do we, if we know we want to try and get seven hours sleep, don't chip, don't chip into that by, you know, I have a couple of clients that I'm working with. Like I'm up till one o'clock in the morning, sorting out my kids pack lunch for the next day. I'm like, as you said, then we'll find someone else to help you with that or do it in the afternoon. Or, I mean, you know, don't feel that we have to, you know, you know, use sleep time to do work when maybe we could maybe come up with some options that would help you to, to challenge that, I think. So we mm. talked about, you know, valuing, valuing yourself and, you know, understanding your self-worth. How do you begin to teach people who maybe, you know, because I think it's another problem for a lot of moms. Sometimes they don't put themselves first. They don't understand that their needs are a priority. How do you begin teaching people to value themselves and basically yeah. i think are we talking about confidence and self-esteem in a way yeah and again i think you know we live in a culture where people's um status is their self-esteem how big their house is their self-esteem how they look and for women you know that's a huge thing how much they weigh is their self-worth and i'm always repetition is how we learn you're already good enough you're born worthy and i just repeat it over and over again and sometimes i think women especially in my experience as a coach, just almost need permission. They need permission that it's okay to value themselves. And I work with lots of clients who are, as I said, are, are, are mums. Um, and it doesn't happen overnight because we are, you know, there's so much pressure on women, especially to that their worth is an external thing, their house, the, how attractive they are what their status is, how big their car is, or how many cars they've got. And I'm saying, you know what? No, it, that has nothing to do with your worth. That might make you happy. It might give you joy. It might make you feel good. But that, let's not confuse the two. So for me, it's just a repetition of an understanding that you're born worthy. You don't have to do anything to, to earn worth. Now, that is a concept that I appreciate. People are like, I don't understand that because that's so alien to what we're told. And so for me, when I work with people, it's a repetition. Now, that could be affirmations. I am good enough just as I am. I am exploring 
ways to accept my innate worthiness. I am enough. And you know what? Belief comes through repetition. So the more we say it, because I speak to people, they go, I don't believe it. I'm like, well, we, you need to repeat it in order to believe it. it it's, it's like learning to drive a car back to the cars again you don't you look you know no one knows how to drive a car you can't you learn through experience you learn through lessons so these are kind of life lessons keep repeating over and over again i am enough my self-esteem is in my hands it's not who i am it's not what i wear it's my birthright yes so that that's something i'm very passionate about because i know a lot of my own experience over the years has been of having very little self-worth until I realized that that was coming externally. Some of that was my childhood. When I realized that underneath all of that misinformation, the truth of, of all of us is that we are worthy. We may not always feel it, but I want us to know it. It's just a fact. We may not understand how electricity works, but we know if we press the button, the light comes on. So we don't always have to understand something to know it. We can just accept it. So do you recommend that people, do you have people write their affirmations? Do they stand in front of a mirror? Do they do it like when they're driving at a stoplight? Do you have a certain time or place that people do these? I recommend people, I mean, I do work with affirmations and some people are more comfortable with certain different, with different types of affirmations. I mean, the best affirmations are, I would say, out loud in front of a mirror. For sure. I have affirmations that I've got on pieces of paper around my house. I've got a money affirmation. I've got a, like a, a kind of big dream affirmation. For me, just looking at that over and over again is really useful. And I have one right in front of me now. Um, but I think people have a different way. I don't think it needs to be. I think a powerful affirmation always is out loud in front of the mirror. Some people, they feel really uncomfortable with that because if you're saying, I'm, I'm this and I'm that and you're looking in the mirror, it's very intimidating for people. So I would say start with something you're comfortable with. And, you know, affirmations, whether it's just in your head, whether it's written down, something that you can see I think is really powerful. Um, and then build that up. It doesn't have to be many. It could be one or two. And when I work with people, I say, listen, let's just pick one a week. Um, and they write them down and I say, listen, three times a week. I mean, great if you did it three times a day, but I want to be realistic here. If we put pressure on people to do three hours of affirmation every day and they do two hours and 55 and go, oh my God, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a loser. I'm like, well, start with the, the bar a bit lower. Just tell yourself you're enough. That's it. I am enough. Yes. I think that's really important to just focus on what is achievable today and not layer on 20 different things that we have to get in, you know, because when you're trying to change, whether it's, you know, just everything involved here, we're talking about changing your sleeping habits, your eating habits, your exercise habits. That's mm -hmm. a lot. So I think yeah, and I, people, people are very intimate. Yeah. What's manageable and then layer those things on as you. So I agree. And for me, this is when I work with people and I'm sure you have your experience with this as well. And lots of coaches. I'm always saying to people, when I'm not going to change everything overnight. First of all, your, your brain will freak out. You know, your comfort zone will explode and it's going to be a big mess. And we want to try and avoid that. So I wrote a book on the subject. Um, and in the book, it's kind of based on my work with my clients. Uh, so the book is called, what's the book called again? Oh, yeah. It's called Munch, Move, Moisturize, How to Age Gorgeously Inside and Out in Your 30s, 40s, 50s and Beyond. 
And basically, there are five Fs. So it's a process. Don't try and tackle everything straight away. For me, it starts with food. So it's the five Fs are food, fitness, feelings, faces, as in how you present yourself, self-care, and then fun. And, you know, so I'm not going to dive into talking about skincare if people are eating rubbish food. So let's start with the basics, something that people do every day. You know, within all of that, it's so wonderful for me when I see coaching clients going, going, you know what, can we stop talking about skincare? I know that's a really positive thing because it means they've made progress in other areas. So don't start with, for me, you know, start with food. Just look at what you're eating. Don't be in a hurry to change everything because it can be very overwhelming and the brain does not uh, respond very well to overwhelm. It likes things nice and simple. So pace yourself. I like that you have fun there on the end because I think that is one that that we forget about a lot when we Mm -hmm. talk about wellness. Well, this is why I call myself the gorgeousness coach because no disrespect to any other coaches, but I was like, where's the fun? Yeah, Where is the fun? I, someone who needs fun, like, you know, if I can sugarcoat my message occasionally with using humor where appropriate, sometimes it's not appropriate, so I don't use it, but a lightness of touch. We need to lighten up a little bit, give ourselves a bit more credit and try and find a little bit of enjoyment. Because for me, people often know what they want to achieve, but they rarely ask themselves how they want to achieve it. So I'm saying to people, how do you want the journey to be? Do you want it to be really painful and really boring and difficult? Or do you want to try and find a way of enjoying the process? And people are like, what do you mean enjoying the process? Because most people are thinking losing weight or getting healthy is just going to be a pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying it doesn't have to be. How would you like it to be? So you take some of the pressure off yourself. You probably have a bit more fun doing it. Do you have any examples of how any of your clients have incorporated fun? Yes. Hundreds, hundreds and hundreds. Um, for me, you know, I, I encourage people to, you know, if they're in a family unit, you know, for me, it's about, I like encourage people to dress up. I mean, I, I've got so many things. So I've got, I encourage people to, to make charts with gold stickers and glitter. And if you're creative, that will work for you. If you're not so creative, that might be your idea of hell. <laughs> I also, yeah, all the glitter. <laughs> I'm like, give me some stickers, give me some gold stars, you know, make it fun. You know, I encourage people to, you know, play music. People are doing lots of working out at home at the moment. If you've got some fun, colorful clothes, you know, dress up. Have some fun. If you've got some colorful gym wear, if you've got some colorful accessories, whatever, you know, arm arm bands or something, you know, wear them. Create, you know, whether that's, for me, I, I, I love a bow tie. For those that can't see, I am wearing a bow tie. I love colorful things. You know, when I'm eating, when I, when I eat my food, I have lots of vintage crockery. I love all that. How do we create magic out of the mundane? And like, how do we take and make, yeah, that's one of my favorite phrases. How do we make something ordinary a bit more extraordinary? So you can, you can have two people eating the same thing. Let's say, I don't know, an apple. I, I never just get an apple and eat it. I will slice it up. I will fan it out on a vintage 1950s 
tea plate. I will put a sprinkle of desiccated coconut. I will drizzle on some, some organic, smooth almond butter. I'll have a cup of coffee, organic coffee in a, my grandmother's 1930s teacup. I'm like, we're both eating an apple, but I'm having an experience and you're eating an apple. That is I know so where good. I'd rather be. So I'm like, we're doing the same thing, but having a different experience. That is so that's good. And I, that's a mic drop moment there, right? For you. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a good way to get people to slow down or to think, put more thought into what they're putting in their yeah, mouths, what they're fueling sure. their bodies with. Yeah. Because so it's for me, you know, fun I, to, to have yeah, that experience. Sure. But I think, again, it always goes back to worthiness because people are like, I'm not sure if I'm worth taking time for myself i'm like and i'm reinforcing over and over again you are it doesn't have to take a lot of time slicing up an apple takes you know a minute you're worth a minute so don't jump in the deep end by making every meal some work of art but for me i see uh, a plate as a as a blank canvas and i'm going to put color on there i'm going to make a few little patterns i get to eat that it can be inexpensive and very simple and very quick However, what do you think we are saying to ourselves when we take a bit more time, a bit more thoughtfulness about the fuel that goes in our engine? We are saying to ourselves, I value myself. And my value, my self-value is in my hands, literally. And I just make myself something nice. That reminds me a little bit about, have you seen any of those videos or the TikToks where some of the families have taken turns during the quarantines and shelter in place? time where they the somebody in the family will create a menu and then they transform their house into a restaurant yeah. you know just yeah, with their family they make an experience of that, of that. Yeah. i love that i haven't seen those videos but i know of it for me i'm like we i think we're all waiting for some at the moment this is such a crazy time of uncertainty for me like how do we make a bit as i said earlier a bit of magic out of something that is really mundane now i'm not saying people have to spend a lot of time or money doing that but we're going to have to try and be a bit more imaginative with how we live because we can't really do much. And I, some of that I think is really positive because I think a good life is making the most of what we have, not what we feel we should have or what others have. You know, be where you are, make the most of where you, where you are. And I love all that because I'm like, I am a playful, creative person and I have to work at it. Because as we get older, the tendency is to become incredibly bitter. (laughs) (laughs) And bitterness are for lemons. (laughs) There you go. All right. Well, I have one more question for you. But before I get to that, I want you to tell everybody, tell us the name of your book again. And I will put all of this in the show notes. But tell them how to find you. So um, you can find me. I'm at the edge of the rainbow uh, just before the pot of gold. (laughs) (laughs) However, you could also find me on social media at Real Tristan Lee. That's at Real Tristan Lee. That's my tag. My website is tristanlee.com. If you type in The Gorgeous as Coach, hopefully I will show up. The book is called Munch, Move, Moisturize. Um, you can buy it on my website. You can buy it on Amazon. Selling like hotcakes. That's awesome. <laughs> and to end the show, I always ask the same question. Power mm-hmm. of Your Performance is all about learning how to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. What are three traits you believe all champions possess? Okay, I think knowing your innate worth that has to come from within, knowing you're already good enough, which leads 
to belief in yourself. So innate self-worth leads to belief, which leads to consistency of action. So in that order, know you're amazing. You then have belief in yourself. You then, with that belief, create consistent activity. Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know that everybody got so much value out of what you had to say. So thank you. <laughs> I had you. the best time. Thanks so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. What did you think of the interview? Isn't Tristan great? His best-selling book, Munch, Move, Moisturize, How to Age Gorgeously in Your 30s, 40s, 50s, and Beyond is a complete toolbox for looking and feeling fantastic. And you can go to his website to learn more about it. To recap a few points from today's episode. Invest in your wellness. We cultivate, nurture, and grow wellness by investing in it. Lasting change takes time. That's how you get results. To age beautifully on the inside, know that you're valuable. Take care of what you put inside your body, just like that car he talked about. If you have no fuel on the inside, you won't get very far. Eat real food and plants that are rich in color, variety, and texture. Treat your body the way you would that half million dollar car. Don't rely on motivation or willpower. Fill your kitchen with foods your body deserves. You can't rely on motivation. Instead, rely on planning and organization. Create your fabulousness by celebrating who you are. Look after your skin. Cleanse and moisturize using natural products. Nothing beats a good, healthy lifestyle. If you're eating poor quality food, if you're smoking, drinking, and not sleeping enough, your skin is going to show it. Make quality sleep a priority. Your worth is not determined by anything external. Don't be in a hurry to change everything about your life. It can be overwhelming. Pace yourself and make small, manageable changes. Incorporate fun. Dress up. Make charts with stickers and glitter. And make every day an experience by creating magic out of the mundane. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.